しさにまぶたを閉じた君のこと誰の目にも触れない影に Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Class 1A podcast, my hero academia podcast presented by Popdoc each and every week. My name is Andrew Nemsgren, and alongside me, I have Dylan Beal and James Graham to continue breaking down the My Hero Vigilantes manga, chapters 56 through 60, and they're good. They're very, very good. I think we say that every single episode, but I'm really excited to talk about these because. A little bit of a spoiler. We get a Zawa backstory, and that's something I'm always excited about. But how are you guys feeling today, and how are you guys feeling about these chapters? I'm feeling the exact same way.、Um, I, think, I think we all love Aizawa here, so these are, these are some good ones. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's about time we drop the. These are good chapters. Like, we're, like, we need to go in expecting they're good chapters, and then we get upset if they're not. But the, the standard has been, they've all been great, and these are the same, the same thing. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And I'm really excited to talk about them. And I don't really have much banter or anything to top the show. So, how about we just get to the rigmarole and jump right into the chapters, guys? I just want to talk about them already. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if you're excited about these chapters like we are, text your friends. Tell them about us.、Uh, it's always better to, to, to listen to things with friends and leave a five star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Yeah. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, all that fun stuff, Hit us up on、uh, Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. We do read everything we get. Andrew's very adamant at it. Don't worry, it gets seen. And with that, I do apologize last week. I did make a big, dumb, dumb mistake. I apologize for the audio issues we had right away last Saturday, and I really do appreciate each and every one of you that did reach out. There's three or four of you that did reach out, letting me know that we did have audio issues, so I fixed those right away. So. I do appreciate it. I'm glad to know someone listens to the podcast and can let us know when I make mistakes. So I do apologize for that mistake and thank you for helping me make the changes. But with that, let's jump into chapter 56 of Vigilantes, where we pick back up with how Knuckle Duster figured out which roof to be on with the sniper, where we left off at the end of 55, where he is about to shoot the now villain we know as number six. He put together that they're probably going to use a sky egg to show off the exploding villains. And Knuckle Duster picked the right rooftop to get a view onto that rooftop. And right as he's about to shoot, a bird goes right in front of his gun and he shoots him right through the shoulder instead of the head.、Um, number six then figures out where Knuckle Duster is and goes up. And they start going back and forth with number six calling Knuckle Duster Master. Kind of for sure finalizing that Knuckle Duster was the old O'Clock Pro hero. They go back and forth. Knuckle Duster is trying to learn more about who he is. And he admits that、um, while All Might is incredibly powerful, he always wants to be more like Overclock and have the ability to always make the first move no matter what. He goes on continuing that he is the biggest fan of Overclock, knowing everything about him, that he already knows about Koichi being his student. And just overall talking about the stolen quirk、um, that he now possesses.、Um, he activates、um, his overclock ability to attack Knuckle Duster, but suddenly we learn about the drain, brain drain side effect of this, and that it takes an incredible amount of attention to do things, including punching, that you're moving your body 10 or 12 times faster. But listening to sounds 
such as the one that Knuckles started playing at 300 times speed and having to slow that down and listen to it can cause the cork to slow down because it cuts off the oxygen going to the brain, which I think is a really cool thing that I want to talk more about and just how flushed out these quirks can be. But right as Knuckle Truster tries to shoot him due to the brain drain, he fell, uh, realized he fell into a track and Knuckle Duster blows up the roof of the building and they all start to fall into it. Going into uh, 57, whoops, I just closed the tab. I am so sorry, guys. Um, Going back into 57, as they are falling, Knuckle Duster pulls out a shotgun because he knows that over uh, clock's ability cannot be used as they are falling down. It can only be used kind of horizontally instead of vertically. Um, and yeah, they just kind of fall down there. They fall down the building. He gets a couple shots in there. But we do learn that there are multiple quirks that number six does have, such as pain resistance, and he's able to regenerate. And towards the end, after losing his left arm, he's able to use the overclock uh, ability, along with his other abilities, to accelerate the growth of his arm to include the bomber cells. And they start going back and forth, punching with the new bomber cells on uh, two o'clock's abilities, which we do get the name reveal at some point that he wants to call himself two o'clock. Oh, or O O'Clock 2. I'll brag about that later. Um, not too far in the distance during that fight, Koichi tells Fatcom that he hears an explosion. Uh, Racerhead suggests that it might be some of those mini bombers. And overall, they tell him to go check it out. But no one really knows that this fight is happening between the two of them. In Chapter 58, we do see that Captain Celebrity is still alive in the hospital with everyone gathering around. And suddenly, his wife does show up with their newborn baby, kind of punching him and being mad, but also appreciating... Koichi for everything that he's done to help save him. We also learn that Makoto and uh, Naomosa, her older brother, do have a conversation about Koichi, about how he's incredibly grateful and that he's getting a free pass for all the good things he did this time, but that in the long run, he will not always keep getting these free passes. But they have a conversation going back and forth about how Koichi doesn't need praise. He doesn't do it for any of those reasons. He just does it because that's the kind of person he is. We get a little bit of a time jump to where Captain Celebrity is fully recovered and is about to go back to America. And the whole squad that we've kind of seen around him this entire manga so far is at the airport giving a farewell to Chris and his family. In addition to that, we do see a couple of more uh, interview flops. We see he hasn't gotten any better about that. But he does say that he does admire two people, one of them being his manager. No sex relationship or anything like that. She, of course, goes into that. But one other undisclosed hero that he does not say. Koichi, of course, thinks it all might. I think we can kind of agree that it is actually Koichi himself, which was a really cool moment. And we also learned that Makoto is going to be going overseas to New York to study overseas and also continue being Chris's manager. And then there's a little bit of a conversation between Pop and Koichi back at the apartment as well as seeing the aftermath of the Knuckduster and Number 6 battle place with a couple of detectives and police officers checking that out. And we learn that it does seem like Number 6 might not actually be human. We did get some kind of indication of that from the actual fight between the two of them, but based on the blood sample, they're not quite sure what he is. Chapter 59 picks up with Koichi running away from another villain and Azawa saving him, and Koichi ending up with the cat 
that he didn't know what he wanted to do with. Aizawa kind of projects his feelings onto Koichi of say of asking all these questions, if he can take care of it, and if he can't take care of it, don't get it, and just put it back to where he found. And we find that out as we begin actually a flashback to Aizawa being in a very similar situation of when there was a cat on the side of the road. He saw himself as not strong enough to pick that up, and instead just put an umbrella over the cat because it was raining and continued going on to school. And this is where we start the flashback Aizawa arc. Because it continues on, we learn more about him early on in school, of how he didn't feel very powerful. We do meet Oboro Shikamuro for the first time. This is a classmate of Mike and Aizawa's that we have never heard of before up until this point in the manga, I mean in the anime, but we do know we have seen him once before in the season four credits. So that's one less character that I know we talked about earlier on during season four of wanting to know more about. So we do learn more about them, how these are kind of a three inseparable crew and that none of them currently actually have anywhere to do their work studies because they're in their second year of UA. Um, it goes back on of talking about how um, adult, how Aizawa quickly grew and developed based on how um, he remembered his overall being his cheerfulness and understanding and helping change him into the pro hero he is today. Um, Sixty just continues the flashback arc with them going through studying. We're learning more about all three of them, how they're suited for different types of hero work. And while that Aizawa really isn't suited for any of them, but that his two friends are trying to convince him to go down the battle route because battles are always quick ones. It's all little details here and there. There's not too much um, really in-depth stuff here, except we do meet Midnight. We meet Birthday Suit Midnight here, and she ends up taking the cat they eventually named Sushi. And overall, they're just going back and forth, and we're kind of seeing their friendship evolve. We're learning Midnight is the reason there is a new act of how much clothes you have to wear as a pro hero. And overall, we're just continuing the school arc for Aizawa and the crew. But that's what all the details are going there. I'm sure you guys will want to talk more about that specifically. But from an overview, there wasn't too much in those two chapters. We're just learning more about the characters and getting into the beginning of the flashback arc for Aizawa. Where do you guys want to start? Oh, we got we to gotta start back with knuckle duster being like a professional hitman like we gotta we gotta go back to that like i love the how this character has like he's just had such a wide range in his in his life of being like a pro hero and being super prominent and like clearly like looked up to as well not just by like you know six who we don't really know like i mean every time he's represented in a flashback he's like this little blob yeah, I was about to say, like, do we think that's, like, he looks like uh, the guy from like, Big Hero 6. Like, a smaller version of that guy. Just, like, a big, fluffed-up, like, marshmallow. Do we think that was actually what he looked like growing up? Or do we think that's just so they don't give away the mystery of if he was human or not? So, I, I think it's it's three things. I, I think it could be one. I think he kind of looked like the principal a little bit. Like, in a weird way. So, like, it yes, makes me think, bit. is he, like, an, uh, is was he kind of, like, the same deal of, like, a, like an animal that was, like, kind of quirkified, so to speak? Yeah. Um, two, is he some sort of, like, weird Nomu? That's, yeah, um, that was what I was thinking, yeah. I think he's definitely a Nomu. Or, or three, I, I totally think that it could just be, like, a representation of what he is so it doesn't give something away. Yeah. I think that's totally a possibility as well. Yeah, like a like an introspective look on himself, and like that's what like maybe he sees himself as as well. Like, I, like there's a ton of like, there's a ton of different ways to interpret this. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's really easy to go like, yes, that's exactly what he was 
when he you know when he was like you know, little right but it doesn't make sense that they plopped him in front of a tv and made him watch o'clock a bunch right so um unless they knew he was that was a quirk he was gonna unless yeah unless that was the that was the plan right but he also said that he watched his fall too like he watched like whatever this like horrific event was that caused o'clock to have his head split open to lose his quirk all this stuff that's that was all said by him so i don't really know like what when what capacity he was really like like you know engaged in him in so I'm really interested, but I think like I think their like their their battle was really cool. And like Andrew, you mentioned this in the in the in the recap, the way they flesh out the quirk is so dope. It's so so cool. Like the the message being like read at like 300 times speed, and him having to like actively engage, listening to that, and it distracting him from dealing with knuckle duster and stuff like that. Like that's such a like it's so cool. Like it's just so intricate. It really it really makes it like you know feel. I don't know, like, it just makes the universe feel better, right? Like, yeah, because to us, we always think that it was more of a, like, um, Tenya, like, Tenya Edas, not Edas, uh, well, I guess that was well, Tenya, well. Tenya too, kind yeah. of one of those more, it's just a pure acceleration quirk that works in a different ways and how Bounder's legs react or something like that. No, it is actually accelerating every part of the body part and going through all the brain functions, and I feel like that's not the first time speed quirks like this have had that kind of drawback. But I still love always seeing that, and I forget about it. And it was really cool in that moment and seeing how that gave Nakodos their one chance and how he can't, the acceleration quirk doesn't do anything if he can't actually touch the ground or if it's kind of falling vertically and all that. So I think they did a really good job of showing that even the strongest of quirks of what it seems like has the fallbacks and that Nakodoster actually did have a chance and didn't just die instantly there. Because otherwise, like, well, how, how does Nakodoster get out of this? He shot him once, he missed, like, he has no chance yeah. now, but kind of seeing all the ways that he knew because of his quirk was what really made the battle really cool, actually. Yeah, this is like the kind of stuff that I always want to see from my hero is not just I hit real hard and I beat the guy. It's, oh, we do this weird thing that's like it, it like the counter to this quirk, and it's like a, done in an interesting way. So I, I, I love this. This is an awesome Like the fight. fact that they, I guess they didn't know Overhaul's quirk, but they kind of had an idea of it. But the fact that they never thought of how to stop Overhaul's quirk until they got there and then even then it was just punch really hard yeah <laughs> it's something that if you would have like they didn't make sure aizawa was there to kind of stop it aizawa ended up happening to being there that's why mirio didn't die but i really do agree dylan that it would be cool to see this a little bit more and even how um in the pro license exam of how that one girl was a genius and how she figured out how to stop all those quirks instantly i thought that was a really cool moment and kind of seeing how they overcame that was awesome but I do love seeing that kind of stuff. So I do agree with that actually a lot. Yeah, like counter quirk thing isn't something that you super you see that often in the main mind hero run, and like it also doesn't get fleshed up in the manga either, right? Like to like the point where like at in the in the anime, like I mean, there's not really like there's not a lot of explanation, right? Because I feel like a lot of the time they'll they'll transfer that over to the show. But I find with vigilantes, they it seems like they put extra effort into being like this is the quirk, this is how it works, this is, like, you know, what, like, all the intricate steps are to make it happen, right? And, like, yeah, like, it's it, it's good that they had, they you had the flip sides of dealing with, like, 2 o'clock's quirk, where you had the police and, you know, trying to, like, figure out, like, you know, he's just a speedster, he's really, you know, he's super fast, all this stuff, and then you have Knuckle Duster, who is, like, very, like, it's his quirk, so he knows all the, like how it works what the pitfalls are and stuff like that and i think that just makes it so cool to sh- like to show that if you have the knowledge base you can kind of combat some of these quirks of course quirks like Todoroki's and stuff like that like those ones 
are a little harder to counter because it's like you gotta wait for the dude to overheat but he doesn't overheat because he can cool himself off right like it, it, it's hard to counter that we know of that's true that's true we, we, we may, our brains aren't big enough to figure out what the counters are after this chapter I am confident we're going to get some background mention or appearance from all for one I think this is setting I think he's clearly one of the first nomus I think even like uh, Kurogiri, I think we're going to learn about him. The one that protects Tomaru. Yeah. I, I think we're going to, like, he's number six, which means there's at least five others before him. I think multiple other those are going to make an appearance. I think the doctor from the movie is going to make an appearance because he kind of seems like the ones that created a lot of them and did it for nine in the movies. So I think the doctor for sure is going to make at least a background mention. And I think all for one especially now that we've seen All Might in there, yeah. is definitely going to make an appearance. Yeah, I would argue that you wouldn't... like uh, Up to the point of not seeing All Might, I would argue that like it seems like almost too big for it to happen. But now that All Might is actually like interjected into this manga, not in a major role, but he's definitely there. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a definitely... A, like We'll probably see it, right? Which I'm... If they continue treating these big moments like they do i'm okay with it because i still think they do a good job of bringing it back down to earth i'll be curious as excited as i am we'll talk about this next for the aizawa arc i'll be curious to see how long they go with it because i mean if this is a 15 chapter arc like as much as i love aizawa and want the backstory do we really need a 15 chapters of aizawa backstory in the middle of vigilantes that's been koichi's story so far i know aizawa's coming in and he's kind of seen as a vigilante almost because of his personality but could that go on too far that we kind of love it but it messes up with koichi's story and starts getting away from what we love about the series i i 100 agree uh because that's like one thing i wish there was just more of in these it's just like more koichi stuff because like we we got him like helping out like with the like the big stuff like last time a little bit but like I just, like, want more of him. Like, I want to see him grow and develop and actually have his story, which, yeah. I mean, it, it is weird to say because, like, I'm putting down, like, having Aizawa backstory, which we all love him and stuff, but yes. but still. Don't get me wrong. We're all very excited about that. But I'm just saying, in the Vigilante story, we've loved the series so far because of Knuckle Duster, Koichi, and Pop. And their story and their growing, and mainly Koichi and loving the main character there. So we're gonna great we're gonna see the reason why Azawa be, decides to become a teacher like I love all those moments I love that we're going to get those moments because of this backstory but unless it pays off in the long run of going back to Koichi's story it could be an arc that I'm like well couldn't you have just done a one-off spin-off for someone else instead of messing up with the vigilantes manga I'm... was the was the over and under on like him and Koichi having a moment and Koichi going Hey, Mr. Racer, you should uh should think about becoming a teacher or something. Yeah. And he's like, ha, as if kid. And then they, that's like it. And then obviously he becomes it. They've done that so much. Like they've all they've like with Midnight. Mid Mid so Midnight hard. takes so many jabs at him, being like, you're gonna teach here soon. Like, but I'm actually I'm actually gonna argue that like I think Aizawa is the All Might equivalent of vigilantes. Like he he like for the for the main universe and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm not against getting abundance of Aizawa backstory, despite the fact that we do have Koichi Pop and Knuckle Duster. He is the, he's the pro, he's like the big hero that interacts with Koichi. So I'm not against getting a bunch of exposure for the All Might version of Vigil, for Vigilantes, right? Like, I mean, yes, I do want to get back to Koichi, but I think this is all for the benefit of Koichi, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, getting all, yes. you know what I mean? So... 
I'm not. But also, like in the main series, I don't think we've gotten like more than two chapters that are completely focused around All Might. I mean, it always went back to Deku in a heartbeat. I think this is already the longest side story we've had between the main manga, and we're totally caught up. Yeah. And this that didn't go back to Deku really pretty quickly. So I think that could be the. That's why I'm asking the question. Right. If this goes on for ten more chapters. Does it get a little bit of be like, we want more Koichi? If it goes on for three more chapters, I'm not going to say a word. Mm. But I fear that if this is a big enough story about Aizawa and him turning into the hero he is today, I could want to go back to Koichi, which is sad because I love Aizawa content. Yeah, I think I think if it breaches like the double digits, I think that's when it starts becoming an issue. Um, but I like honestly, like I think if I get 10 chapters of Aizawa backstory, especially when we only have like, 15 pages like i mean i'm not gonna be totally against it right but i think if you go past that then it's like well just make it make it a one shot you know what i mean make give like give him that last comment dylan but then no no i'm, I'm going to something chapters. else because i i, I want to talk about like this fight because we diverged from the fight um it's I, I i love and hate these about the knuckle duster parts so much is they always leave us on on fucking cliffhangers i love it yeah. i love it because they're always super interesting and they're like some of my favorite parts about the story but man i just want to know just leave, leave the pov on him for a bit please i want more knuckle duster yeah. they are there have a lot of main characters they're jumping around a lot now yeah and i don't mind that but i'm happy chris and makito i'm happy that group is pretty much out now i'm not i'm not i thought i thought makoto was I, really... no, I love them I love no no them. no no no, no so uh i think i think getting captain celebrity out is fine i didn't feel like makoto was done like she i don't know like i thought she was gonna help koichi out a little bit more like it, it felt really abrupt and like oh okay goodbye a character we, I, we love i do worry about pop though because she was always like kind of the main reason pop was getting screen time at this moment too because of that group and yeah. with her gone and that group she either takes over that group and gets more limelight because of that but i think pop needs a new storyline eventually like it just kind of getting to the point where she's with that group or she's not really in the manga at this point. And I and we love Pop. I love Pop. I want more of her. So yeah, that's the Pop. one worry. I do worry about that. But I'm hoping with those two gone, all that screen time that went to Captain Celebrity is now goes back to Pop and Knuckle Duster that we haven't seen much of in the last 20 chapters. I, I think I think eventually I, I think they actually talk about this. There's like a like a Koichi like kind of like monologue part. Um it, it, the reunion's coming. It's coming like eventually. Cause cause he said something to the effect of like oh, I didn't get uh, mixed up in all this, not quite yet, or whatever. But, like, yeah. I think that's implying, okay, they're going to they're gonna merge everyone back together soon enough, which I'm excited for. I'm ready for the I'm ready for the crew part, too. Yeah, I think that was, like, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was the end of 57. It was right before we get into the Aizawa flashback, where he's doing the, like, and it's the, the departure of Makado and Chris, right? So I think that's, that's where we start getting that. So I think it's going to definitely refocus them. But, yeah, like, Dude, Knuckle Duster pulls a, like a sawed-off shotgun on two o'clock, like, and he's just like he's just yeah. so prepared, right? Like, ah, uh, man, I I just love it. And again, it's so it's so weird seeing the contrast of like Knuckle Duster, like the side by side of Overclock, cause or uh, O'clock, sorry, um, just because like physically they're different people, right? They don't like they don't look the same at all, so. Knuckle Duster's a beefy boy now yeah. compared back to his over. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's thick, man. He's he real thick. But, uh, but, yeah, I guess... Last thing I say with that part is... I mean, I called 2 o'clock oh months ago at this point. 
We, it was, I mean, it was an like, open discussion. It was you didn't call it. We didn't put a. I feel, I feel, I feel like we I as I feel like we as a collective ha- agreed on two o'clock. I said two o'clock. And you said yes. That's good. Let's go with it. Yeah, okay, so now I feel like it. I think it was idea. the output of a, a workshop a workshop session rather yeah. than no, one person. I came person. in and said two o'clock. Like I literally said it during one of the outlines. You guys said we liked it and we ran with it. There was no discussion. I think I think we probably all had input on it. So don't yeah, but it wasn't it. it wasn't like a gotcha moment where it was like I came up with this. You guys are all fucking idiots. It's like yeah, that's kind a- of. You guys are. Give me the credit I deserve. Oh my god. No. no. Can we talk? Can we talk about Aizawa's boy, dude? Can we talk about how sick he is? And yeah, like, we can go back to young Aizawa when he's the depressed little one going through his emo phase in high school, that has continued to when he was thirty-three or however old he is now. <laughs> um, yeah, but- and he's feels like he's powerless. He's a sad little man, and I feel bad for him. Like he has his quirks. He already has the rope, so I'm really curious. Like he already has that going around his neck. So I. I don't know what like. What's your early impressions of Aizawa in the school arc? I I feel like that that makes sense for him. I I feel like with his quirk, you need that kind of like growth arc. I feel like inherently people are gonna be like, oh, I, I can't punch. I'm like a I'm like a scrawny little boy. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, they they like it. He's not the one who even thinks about it. I think it's e- it's either Mike or his name's Obero, right? Obero. 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 Which is, yeah, so like the two of them are both basically being like, you literally nullify people's quirks, like you make you that like that's crazy, right? And he's just like super like down in the dumps about it, right? But like, yeah, like I like it's weird to me that he's so like defeatist about it, where you know he has like basically like I don't know, maybe it's Aizawa. So Aizawa, it's always been Aizawa. I know, I, I know, Aizawa's always like that, right? He went from like emo Aizawa to like doomer Aizawa, like you never. <laughs> You never really like get any middle ground with him. So, so I really like uh, the character they introduce Oberu. Um because like he's such like a cool like like Sun Wukong like uh, yeah he, like, yeah he's like, literally Sun Wukong yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, like like flying in on like the cloud and the the big staff like he's got the stick yeah well, his, it, was, his, it was really cool. His quirk is Nimbus, isn't it? Like it, he like manipulates clouds like yeah, which which I think is like that's that's super dope. And the the way they introduce him too, where he comes in with the cat, he's like covering himself with a cloud. Like I mean, like he's 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 just like the perfect amount of like obnoxiousness. That's not Mike, you know what I mean? Like Mike's obnoxious, but like he's just like I, like the cool obnoxious. Like I don't I don't know how to. Like, describe. Yeah, so like, one you know horror coach. Go on. I was gonna say like you know who these two remind me exactly one to one of. Mirio and Amachiki. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, literally one-to-one, almost. I was about to say, Horikoshi created the character of Obero so that Aizawa had a Mirio-like character in his younger days to help turn him into the hero he is. He did say that's a part of the reason of why Obero was created and why he worked with the creator of Vigilantes because they wanted him to be introduced into the main series, but they couldn't find a way to do it. So they worked with... Horikoshi worked with the Vigilantes creator to introduce him and give him the Mirio like character of Tamajiki and kind of show that that's kind of a trait that's always happened with these more quiet kids. So I really love that, that he created said like, Oh yeah, like overall is like Mirio light pretty much at this point. So it'll be curious to see what happens. And obviously he's in pictures of UA. He's not in the main series. I'm assuming we're going to learn about what happens in the flashback to him here. You can't not right. Like you can't, you can't, like, cause... you can't introduce a cool new character in the middle of a flashback, yeah, 
and then know he's not in the main series and just leave him on. And, and not only that, but have characters like Mike and Midnight like in that in that aspect. Yes. And like, all- this is the friend group forming. Like that close group is forming right now. Yeah, and and he's not part of it. And then that's just it, right? So yeah, you're, well, I'm assuming we're gonna find out what happens in some capacity or another. There's no there's no way we don't. But like man, like yeah. like aesthetically though, the dude is just so dope. Like I'm such a I big like fan a of what he's got going on, man. But but like like I'm even kind of struggling where to go from here. Like we got midnight, we got the act. That was a funny moment. That was great. I love the whole midnight suit midnight. That was really uh, the birthday suit midnight. That was fun introducing them and all that. But I really felt like this was just introducing the characters and kind of getting Aizawa's kind of mindset right now. But there's not much to deep dive into. Aizawa is still Aizawa. We met this cool new character. Yeah, the question the is, where does it form. lead, though? Like, yeah. what is the what is the point of having this flashback? Because it has to lead to a thing that's going to be important to the current story. I think it's Obero dying and or disappearing, going evil, going something like that, and that being the turning point. And that, like, that fight of him getting injured or turning or whatever is a turning point of when Aizawa realizes he can be a battle hero. I, like, I, I, I hate to say it, but, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, for a character to not be in the main story at all and then just, like, to be so, like, so, like, necessary in this flashback, it's got to be some degree of tragedy. Like, there's no way it's not, right? Like, because there has to be a turning point for Aizawa. Like, this is, Aizawa is not who he is now. Mike and Midnight are still who they are. Aizawa hasn't took the battle hero route, which he is now. So there has to be a turning point there for that, and we have to get the conclusion, or at least set up for the bigger arc of o, um, Obero in the current time period of Vigilantes or something. So idea, because I, I feel like this is like the, 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 like the perfect story setup, like this is like copy-paste this format in anything. Uh, it's the flashback, it's those two that are hanging out, Aizawa's finally happy villain comes in just kills kills over right and i was like no i i I, from this day forward i will learn how to fight and then and then flash forward the person behind uh like two o'clock and stuff is the same villain that killed over i'm good with that i love that yeah that's that's some and that's kind of what i meant to like setting up the current arc yeah i I don't know i think we don't know where we're going now either yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean like i I, like that's such a, a common like story execution right there's no there's it's hard to say that it's not right like it's hard to like but like do you guys find that like kid aizawa just looks kind of like frumpy like he just looks he looks like i don't know like like he looks rounder than like not like you know adult aizawa not saying all right, like all right, all right. first of all if you saw if you first of all if you saw a kid me i was much <laughs> rounder than adult me okay so first of all Dylan chill. was frumpy yes still was frumpy yeah but yeah, he um, just like I mean I don't know like Mike looks ex- like more or less exactly the same. Midnight more or less is pretty. Well, I mean we see like every freaking angle of Midnight, so I mean we know she looks the same. But like I mean Isawa just looks like I don't know. I think I think they did a really good job of making a character look unconfident. Like I think they they really relayed that in just his character design at that time period. So I agree. Yeah, and one other thing that I just kind of thought of off the top of my head. I think that the uh, conversation between Detective and his uh, Makado um, before she left sets up the police's involvement in the vigilantes. Now that she's gone and he's talked about how much he respects and thanks Koichi for the moment and she kind of like putting in the mo- um, word that like he just does it because of the person he is. 
I don't think we can discard the police's involvement in the series so far. That detective keeps popping up, and he has. He's kind of always been a side character. And I think with Knuckle Duster working with the police and everything kind of coming together, I think the detective is going to become a Makoto-like character in the series soon. I, I think it's being... one of two ways. It's either one getting pretty heavily involved and kind of giving them like a spe- like a special vigilantes pass, or two is going to be like a Commissioner Gordon kind of thing of like, I'm not going to look, I'll look uh, the other way while you're, you know, clearly saving everyone. Yeah. Oh, I think it'll be like, hey, like, we need your help. If you guys get caught, you're screwed, but we need your help. Like that kind of stuff. Like that's always set up whenever there's like a vigilante-like character. So, uh, but I think that's definitely setting up because he's been too big part of a story. I mean, otherwise, unless he's just kind of the. I mean, he could just be a like fun Aizawa. reference too, because he is from like the main, like the main My Hero story. Yes, but now that Knuckle Duster is involved with the police, I feel like the police are part of the story. Yeah, the, yeah, because like the interaction with the informant and stuff like that, and Knuckle Duster. So like, at this point, like you gotta wonder like, who's really the vigilante? Because like Koichi's not a vigilante. Like the only re- he's he's only a vigilante by legality. Knuckle Duster is a straight up vigilante. You know what I mean? They're both. I I wouldn't. I mean, he is fighting people using his powers. The Sky Egg is an example of a vigilante. Right. So yeah, he's illegality. But Knuckle Duster's out here trying to kill a villain. Where Koichi wouldn't try and do that. He would try and go the hero route and not try and kill somebody. He would try and, like, incapacitate them, battle them off, and stuff like that. Knuckle Duster... Like, I mean, okay. Knuckle Duster's basically, like, an anti-hero, right? Like, I mean, he just, like, he doesn't... He doesn't care. He's past, like, he's past that point. So, I think, like, I don't know. That's, like, a kind of internal battle I've had the entire series. Is like, Koichi's just, like, he's just legally not a vigil... Like, he's just legally not a hero, but he could be you know what i mean but knuckle duster isn't knuckle duster is a vigilante he uses excessive force he uses like you know like lethal means like i mean i don't know i think for for something called vigilantes i think we need to see more knuckle duster to really cement it or koichi taking a darker spin i don't know which i don't think he's capable of doing he's too nice (laughs) fair all right before we do the plus ultra i want to do one forward-facing question do we think knuckle duster is going to get his quirk back at any point during the manga dylan no and i'm i i hope he doesn't james i want him to but he's not i want him to but he's not i think he will but only for a short time and then he'll lose it again or he'll die i it's it's way 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 too powerful to, to keep on him yeah, yeah. And, I agree. I thought it would be fun. I'm just going to ask those questions going forward, so maybe we'll look in, like, geniuses in the 30 chapters he's from just, now. He's just looking to or... use, like, bank that, like, he's like, I called it! I called it again! Exactly, exactly. You got to set it up and then get the respect I deserve. Oh, my That's God. That's the only way to do it, apparently. But Jesus. with that, we have one last part before we do wrap up the episode, and that is each and every week we do a plus ultra recipient. And this week, James, I want you to tell us, who the recipient is going to be of the Plus Ultra Award. Oh, boys, this is easy peasy. It's going to be Knuckle Duster, dude. It's going to be Knuckle Duster. Excessive knowledge of his own quirk, using it against 2 o'clock, screwing with the guy masterfully, and just being so prepared with both a sniper rifle and a shotgun. Dude, shoddy snipes, the combo. He's good to go, man. That's why Knuckle Duster gets Plus Ultra. You got a smirk out of Dylan for that comment, Dylan. You agree? Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think it's uh, it's pretty clear that he gets it. I the, I think the fight just like 
was awesome it was a really cool fight it it showed like the the extent and like the range that the series can go in it showed that like it really showed his personality too of being like kind of dark i think james you talked about this like basically being kind of the punisher in in a way yeah um and i thought it was interesting because it's it's definitely not a typical my hero fight in any circumstance so i i love the fight i thought it was sick he easily gets the plus ultra for it yeah, I don't think there's anyone else really even in contention at this point. It has to be Knuckle Duster. I mean, the man is literally punching an exploding arm, and I think neither one of them died. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if uh, number six didn't die, but the fact that Knuckle Duster's still going to be fine after this, after building falling on top of him and punching an exploding man, that says something about a dude. So it goes Knuckle Duster, and that is a unanimous vote for us three. But with that, I do think that is a good place to wrap up this week's episode of Class 1A. Do you guys want to take that away? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, guys, um, if you like our content, share it with your friends. Let them know. And hit us with that five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash pop underscore off for for updates on this content, all the other content we do. Go check us out. And with that, that'll be all for this week's episode. We hope to see you all back in class next Saturday.